does it take money to make money? And I really used to believe this pretty deeply, especially in the times when I didn't have any money. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast for female entrepreneurs looking to scale their business by mastering their time, money, and drama. I'm your host, Jessica McKinley, founder of What's Happening Coaching, a life coaching program that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. Hapsters, welcome back. I am getting into this habit of batch recording. So I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in a minute, even though it's been really what, four weeks or something like that. But I used to get in this little like nook in my apartment every week and talk to you guys. And now it's been a while. So I have so much to catch you up on. I have so much to say. First of all, though, we got a shout out a hapster of the week. You know how we do. So this week, I want to shout out Sachil. Sachil is a client of mine that isn't my typical client, which means that she doesn't actually run her own business, but she is in the mind frame of a professional who just has an entrepreneurial spirit. Like she thinks about her role in terms of her job as a hundred percent responsibility. The same way that an owner of their company would, she thinks about her role. And I don't typically take on women professionals, but I have made an exception in about three cases of women who are ambitious, who really want to take control of their career and create the same results that an entrepreneur would. And she has come in guns a-pleasing. Really, in the beginnings of our session, I was asking her a lot of questions about who she is, how she would describe herself to really gain an idea of her self-concept. And in the beginning, she had a lot of thoughts about herself that she wouldn't choose, which is ironic because as we know, all of our thoughts about ourselves are optional. So I want you to think as I'm describing what's been happening with Sachiel over the past couple of weeks, do you have thoughts about yourself right now, about your capabilities, about what's possible, about you know, characteristics, are you lazy? Are you disorganized? All these things that you describe yourself as that are totally optional that you could stop describing yourself as. And when we started looking at this in her pursuit, as she's applying for new jobs, as she's applying for her dream role, she's starting to ask herself some higher quality questions. She's starting to look at who she is as the same thing as who she's becoming. And when you start building your future from your future instead of from your past, the world really opens up to you. So I'm just so proud watching Satchel have all of these shifts into feeling powerful. We just had a session today, in fact, and she said something that blew my mind. I even wrote it down for myself and for future clients. She said about this interview that's coming up, she said, yeah, I mean, I get it now. An interview, this interview is just a consultation for me to be able to see whether like and better understand the results that they're looking to accomplish and if and how I can help them accomplish that. Was it such a more powerful way to phrase it instead of how she was originally coming out of it, which is like, how can I prove to them that I'm the most qualified person? It was very about her and it was trying to compensate for her lack of belief in herself that she's the perfect person for this role. 
And when you believe that you can totally already be the perfect person for a role, foundationally, you start asking higher quality questions. And that question came out of her, her mouth of like, how can I just get more curious about what they're looking for in the interview and help offer them something before I even have the job, give them results ahead of time. So shout out to you, Satchel. You're working the process the right way, which is from your thoughts to your results. You're not trying to out action the bad thought so that you can create a result that can prove to you that you can believe that you're this new version of yourself. That is not how it works. Okay. We have to believe something first and then we will feel a different way. And then we will show up, say different things, be different and create the result of the future that we want to create. So shout out to you, babe. All right. Now a little house update. We are in, we're working on all the projects. So fun. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, first of all, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, what's up? This is the 21st century. Okay. And YouTube is one of the most up, still up and coming platforms. Obviously it's been around forever, but the youthful generation is really using this in a new way. And if you're a business owner that doesn't use YouTube, you got to get over there and you got to learn a little bit more about it. I'm just getting on board with this. And I really can't believe it. Cause first of all, how fabulous does my office look? That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> so you got to go to YouTube just for that. But second of all, it's a really fun place for you to expand your network and find other influencers that you're not seeing maybe on Instagram or Facebook. All right. So yeah, we're working on all the projects. We are uh, in my new office. This is my new little podcast studio nook. I can't show it to you because I'm in it right now, but it's gorgeous. Just trust me. It's really been fun working on all the projects. I think while we love to spend money and we love to hire people, we also love to just that feeling of doing something yourself. And we're both working on some projects that we know would be done probably a little bit better and definitely faster if we hired someone. But we are, Mark is ripped out the sunroom and he's redoing the ceiling and the roof and the windows and everything himself. And I am learning how to do drywall. And I just put up the framing for our new closet and our bedroom by myself. Last night I started it. And it's just like so empowering to look at something and say, I have no idea how to do this. And I'm willing to stumble authentically forward and figure it out. And the sense of emotional 50-50 that comes up in this process is like nothing else. Like it's kind of just brings up all of your thoughts about yourself, all of your doubts, all of your your current self-concepts, and it gives you an opportunity to raise them. So I'm starting to raise my self-concept in the process of working on my very first home in thinking, okay, maybe I'm someone who can start describing herself as handy, as someone who's really capable as someone who doesn't, who likes to take on projects herself and doesn't really just need to hire everyone for everything. Now, don't you worry. I'm still hiring tons of people. Definitely check out underscore sanded underscore. If you want to see a badass woman, Kristen, who does woodworking, she's just made us barn doors. They're fabulous, but okay. Enough about that. Today we're talking about money and we're talking about this age old question does it take money to make money? And I really used to believe this pretty deeply, especially shocker in the times when I didn't have any money. <laughs> I felt like a victim of that phrase. I felt like, 
Well, of course. Yeah. With so many things, it takes a job to get a job, right? It takes a, takes money to make money. And I have learned that this isn't really the case. And I wanted to bring it up with a, a bunch of examples, including my own. So first I wanted to read you a post that I recently wrote after finding out that my business had made at the time when I wrote this, my business coaching practice had made about 90 K in cash receivables. And it was June 9th. Whereas now my business has made in cash, not just receivables, about 125 K. And I knew that this was a time to tell you this story. So I'm going to read you this on this day, five years ago, my car was towed. It was an accident, actually. Our apartment complex was repaving and they sent out letters telling us to move our cars on that day, but they missed our entire floor. They told me to just pay to get the car out and that they'd credit our rent the following month. Only we couldn't afford to. It was 30 minutes before I was supposed to go to my first sonogram appointment for Calvin. And I didn't have enough money in the bank to get there. I sobbed and I'll never forget this in the car as my then husband and I wondered how we were ever going to be able to manage the expenses of our future child. We borrowed his mom's car. And I remembered thinking in that very moment with tears running down my face, this is going to be an amazing opening to my Ted talk when I've made it. I remember knowing even then that it was those moments that would make me appreciate making six figures. Then yesterday, which this is in June, when my bookkeeper, Natalie, sent me my monthly financials and I saw the numbers, I couldn't stop thinking about that moment and how grateful I am that my car was towed that day. Grateful for every second of struggle that made this moment feel so surreal. And if you're at your rock bottom, document it, feel it, know that it's part of your success. You're just a little too zoomed in to see the big picture. Believe hard in the inevitability of your dreams, but don't be in a rush to get there because even at 90K or 125K now, life feels both amazing and shitty, just in different ways. The second you realize it doesn't get better than this, baby, is the second you'll be able to enjoy life as you're meant to, reveling in the process, in the pursuit, in the wins, in the learning, in the stretchy discomfort. You'll be so present that you'll slap your palm across your face in bed and think, damn, this life is so awful and wonderful. Let's do it again tomorrow. And in my post that I posted, you know, I had this picture side by side of me, like the day that my car was towed, because that memory had popped up like in bed like this. And then I did it again the day that I looked at my financials and it's just like not too much is different. And the emotional scare, like it is, but there's still a host of other negative emotions I was feeling on that day. And I'm still feeling, even though I'm making all of the money of my dreams. Right. So I want you to you deepen that. I wanted to share that story with you because I, a few years ago, while I was in agony over the money and this year that now that I'm tracking to make 200 K in my business, like between that day and today, I didn't come across a sum of money. <laughs> in fact, my money stability was less up until the moment that I got divorced. I lamented over whether or not I should put my son in daycare. Only two years later, of course, find out that there was a free daycare option in New York that was like nearby me. So moral of that story, also do your research. <laughs> but 
I lamented. I was like, can I afford daycare? Will I be able to make enough to offset it? I didn't know. I thought like I needed more money for daycare in this case to make more money. But alas, once I got divorced, I had no choice. I needed to put Cal in daycare. I needed to make more money. And so I decided to. Money doesn't come from more money or more time, but that's for another podcast. It comes from our brain. Money is the product of creating value plus believing in what's possible plus your beliefs about money. I'm currently watching Made on Netflix. It's this gut-wrenching show about a single mom who leaves an abusive relationship to navigate how to rise out of her world with no money. It's brutal. (laughs) And it's an artful reminder of how much more there is to do to support mothers, mentally ill, abused, and other members of our society for sure. But that's not what this episode is about. All of those things aside, and I haven't finished the show yet, so I don't know exactly how the season ends. I can't help but draw parallels between the protagonist's financial wins and losses and her self-concept of the moment. Parallels between the next steps that she takes after a crisis and what she believes is possible for her. She starts the show with $6 and they put it right on the screen and they show her money going up and down over the show. She leaves, it's the opening scene. She leaves her abusive husband, husband, boyfriend, and still is able to make the courageous decision to leave, even though she has $6. So that's a win right there. And then in another scene, she gets a job that doesn't pay her enough to get by. And yet she stays there even after she's gained skills and experience and is like good testimonials instead of starting her own cleaning business. And that is based on her limiting beliefs of what's possible for her and probably just the fact that she didn't even have the thought in her brain at all that she could create money because it's whether it didn't occur to her potentially, right? And so far, anyway, in episode seven, she hasn't started her own, her own business. I won't spoil more of the show with examples up and down, but the roller coaster of her financial stability is ultimately less about her circumstances and more about her thoughts when her circumstances happen. Sorry, I like definitely teared up in the beginning. Now my nose is running. Okay. In episode one, all the odds are against her, but she's confident and determined and she perseveres through the circumstance. Not in episode one, but in one episode. And then in another episode, she doesn't allow herself to feel positive self-worth and possibility and she self-sabotages. So if it doesn't take money to make money, just thoughts, what thoughts? And if you're having this thought right now, what thoughts could you have differently? So here are some of my favorite ones. Number one, Thoughts that are proven valuable by a client or customer. So in this case, her clever thoughts or skills that she learned on the go via YouTube or a willingness to fail. I think this one woman is like, oh no, I don't need you to come in tomorrow. And she's like, I noticed that your grout could use a deep clean and I know how to do that. And then you see later, she's like watching a video of on YouTube of how to do it, right? So she just believed the thought that, I can figure this out and there's a skill out here and I can acquire it. And I don't need anything outside of myself in order to become this person that can do the job, right? So it was proven valuable to the clients after they say yes, right? So then she starts doing more and more of that. So a willingness to believe that it's that you can acquire any skill 
or any knowledge, and then a willingness to put it out there and test and see if a client, a client buys it, right? I've had lots of ideas that I loved that people weren't buying. <laughs> and I was willing to continue to go to different, different variations until I found that what people want to pay me for is to help them with their time and their money and their drama. That's why I got to this, but that's not how I used to market my services because I just wanted to help people with everything. But turns out, right? Like I had to be willing to go through all the ways and talk to all of my clients in a hundred different ways to find what they most resonated with. Okay. So thoughts that are proven valuable by clients and customers. Second is thoughts about what's possible for you. So in the case of made again, it could be thoughts that she could be the boss that her story or her writing, because she's doing some creative writing all in the background in her journal, which is so good, you know, because she's narrating it to you. That is valuable enough to make money from her writing. Like if she had that thought and you know she's interested in creative writing, she might just go and try and sell her work now. Get a publishing deal now. Like the thought hasn't occurred to her yet. She doesn't think it's possible for her, right? So... And then also thoughts that she's worthy of love. If you don't believe that you're worthy of accepting help, she doesn't accept help in a lot of ways because she doesn't have the thought that help isn't weakness or that it isn't selfish, right? And you see at different points, her self-sabotaging because of those thoughts. Another thought that it takes to make money is thoughts about you deciding to create a result no matter what versus the possibility of it being out of your control. So for example, she goes in and out of belief that this bigger life outside of her like damaged life that in her damaged childhood is possible for her. And it's hard not to blame her because of all the stuff that happens, but ultimately her undermining her decisions are where the biggest hardships I saw in the episode come. Like something will happen and sometimes she takes it and she takes her next steps being like, no, I want this life. This is the life for me. She gets angry versus being like, well, this is always what's going to happen for me. And I know that we can go into that victim mindset too. So if you have that victim mindset or this idea that you don't know whether you're going to be able to create a result, you're not going to be able to take action to create money. You need to believe that money is simply a decision. Literally, I decided for myself when I had no money and when I got divorced and I only had $1,000 in my bank account and everyone was telling me, you should probably get a job. You have a kid. This is selfish to pursue life coaching. That's like just a passion of yours. I decided to believe otherwise. I decided I could make a lot of money doing this with zero evidence that it was possible. Well, I did have the evidence of my mentor, Brooke. So. I thank her for that. But for me, I didn't have it yet. And you don't need it yet to build your future like that. Okay. And then finally, thoughts, your beliefs about money. So you really can't ignore this part. If you have all of the other things in place and you think that something's possible for you and you believe that you have, you have so much value and you're offering value and people are like, yes, I want this. But you believe that charging what your time is worth is selfish or greedy, then you're not going to make the money that you want to make. It's like, do you want it or do you not? If you think that it's bad, so you want to inspect and investigate your thoughts about money, 
about what's possible, about what's enough, about abundance of money and about making more. Because if you have some negative or resistant thoughts to making more money, that's going to be a problem in making it. Okay. So thoughts about money are that it's for anyone, that it's for you, that it's inevitable, that it's just a decision. Okay. I wish these thoughts on our main protagonist before the end of the season so badly and on all of the real women in this world and listening to this podcast that are under earning simply because they lack these thoughts. It's actually my life's mission because so much more is possible for you than you even know right now. And that I even fully knew at the time when I wrote that post about you know, my car being towed, I am only exploring what's possible. And every day that expands, what's possible for me expands. So if you want to join me, please come and join us in coaching because this is the place where you learn that there is no circumstance outside you, not even money that it takes to make more money. Go get it. Hey, Hapsters, if you want to learn more about today's topic, head over to whatshappening.com forward slash podcast. That's what's happening, W-H-A-T-S-H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G.com forward slash podcast. If you're a business owner and you're resonating with what we talk about here, what are you even doing? Come hang out with me over where the party's at on Instagram at what's happening, W-Jess. Again, that's happy. H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G and book a discovery call to see if coaching is your next best step.